everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Hook of a Book. I'm your host, Ellie Mano, age 14, and for the 162nd official episode of Hook of a Book, I'll be reviewing a historical fantasy book with an incredible setting and completely unforgettable characters. Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mahurin. I got this book at the school library several weeks ago. I had seen it at Barnes & Noble and thought it looked interesting, but I didn't pick it up until I found it on a shelf at the library. I'm so glad I did, because this was one of the best fantasy books I've read this year. And y'all know I've read a lot of fantasy books this year. Now, before I read you the summary, I will let you know that the book is set in 17th century France, and the plot mainly revolves around the battle between witches and the Catholic Church. Nothing content-wise is super concerning, and as a Christian, I didn't find any part of the book offensive. However, the talk about religion may not be everyone's cup of tea, and that's totally fine. I just wanted to let you guys know beforehand. Anyway, I really loved this book, and I can't wait to read the sequel, Blood and Honey, soon. I already checked out Blood and Honey from the library. Let me read you a summary of Serpent and Dove right now. <laughs> Louis LeBlanc has been living in the French city of Cesarine for two years now, ever since she fled her coven. She completely gave up her magic, and she's been living off of whatever she can scrounge up for years. Being a witch in this city is dangerous. The church has been persecuting these witches for years, and every day, Lou could be discovered and burned at the stake, just like so many have before her. Meanwhile, Reed Diggory is a chasseur sworn to the Catholic Church. Chasseurs are witch hunters, and Reed's guiding principle is thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Reed absolutely detests witches, and he can't stand being anywhere near one. Lou and Reed were never, ever meant to cross paths. However, one day there's a slight altercation, and Reed ends up attempting to arrest Lou for thievery, not witchcraft. The thing is, this occurs publicly, and it looks like Reed is abusing Lou. To clear Reed's name, the church archbishop proposes a unique solution. He thinks Reed and Lou should marry, so it seems that Reed was just correcting his wife. Keep in mind that this is 17th century France, and the social norms were pretty different. Lou and Reed reluctantly agree, and they are secretly married. However, they kind of hate each other. Reed thinks Lou is disrespectful to the church. She's foul-mouthed, bold, and she doesn't care about what other people think. Lou thinks Reed is a bit of a prude. This arranged marriage is going to be torture for both of them, but especially Lou, since Reed is a witch hunter and she's a witch. If he ever finds out about Lou's true identity, she could be burned at the stake. But when Reed and Lou start growing closer, Lou realizes that she can't hide this part of herself forever. Old enemies are resurfacing, and if Lou isn't careful, she could endanger both herself and Reed. And when identities are revealed... She and Reed must decide if they're going to continue fighting for each other or against each other. No matter what, they're going to have to make a choice, and this choice could mean the difference between life and death for them both. If you know me, you know I love a good enemies to lovers story. Enemies to lovers is my second favorite book trope, the first being found family. Reed and Lou were such amazing characters. I really loved the themes of working past differences and discovering that good and evil aren't necessarily black and white. Shelby Mahurin's writing was so smooth and it was so easy to follow. I can't wait to read more of her books in the future. Let me read you a passage from Serpent and Dove right now. After hastily signing the marriage certificate in the study, 
My husband steered me down a narrow, dusty corridor, clearly trying to avoid the crowded hallway. God forbid anyone saw his new wife. Rumors were probably already circulating the tower about the scandal. A spiral staircase tucked in the back of the corridor caught my attention. Unlike the archaic rosewood staircases nestled throughout the cathedral, this one was metal and clearly built after the original construction, and there was something there, in the air of the stairwell. I tugged on his arm and inhaled. He turned, following my gaze, before shaking his head. Nowhere you'll be visiting. Access beyond the dormitories is restricted. Only approved personnel are allowed on the upper floors. Well then, count me in. I said nothing more, however, allowing him to lead me up several different flights of stairs to a plain wooden door. He pushed it open without looking back at me. I paused outside, staring at the words inscribed above the doorway. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. I shivered. So this was the infamous Chasser Tower. There were no visible changes marked in the corridor beyond, but there was something strange about the place. It lacked warmth, benevolence, the atmosphere as bleak and rigid as the man who resided within. My husband poked his head back through the door a second later, glancing between the terrifying inscription and me. What's wrong? Nothing. I hurried after him, ignoring the cold trickle of dread down my spine as I crossed the threshold. There was no going back now. I was in the belly of the beast. Soon to be in the bed of the beast. He led me down the hall, careful not to touch me. Through here. He gestured to one of the many doors lining the corridor, and I brushed past him into the room and stopped short. It was a matchbox. A painfully simple, miserably drab little matchbox with no defining characteristics whatsoever. The walls were white, the floorboards dark. Only a bed and a desk filled the space. Worse, he had no personal effects whatsoever. No trinkets, no books, not even a basket for dirty laundry. When I spotted the narrow window, too high on the wall to watch the sunset, I truly died a little inside. My husband must have been the most boring person ever born. The door clicked shut behind me. It sounded final, like a jail cell clanging shut. He moved in my periphery, and I whirled, but he only lifted his hand slowly, as if taming a feral cat. I'm just taking off my jacket. He shrugged out of his sodden coat and draped it across the desk. You can stop right there, I said. No, no more clothes coming off. His jaw tightened. I'm not going to force myself on you. His nose wrinkled in disgust. Louise. It's Lou. He twitched visibly at the name. Is my name offensive to you? Everything about you is offensive to me. I chose to read that passage to you because it takes place when Lou and Reed have just been married and things are pretty awkward between them because, well, they hate each other. I really liked both of them as characters because they were headstrong in their beliefs but still found ways to connect despite their differences. I really think you can see a lot of growth between them throughout the book as well. If you're interested in reading Serpent and Dove, here are some things you need to know before reading this book. Okay, so in Serpent and Dove, there is some profanity because Lou is a kind of foul-mouthed character, as well as some minor violence. There's also some romantic references too, and one not really descriptive romantic scene. However, it's nothing too concerning for a YA book, and I'd recommend this book for ages 14 and up. Now, it's time for my weekly reading update. This week, I'm still reading Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Mass, but I'm almost finished. It took me a long time because that book is thick. I literally have an entire shelf dedicated to Sarah J. Mass books at this point. 
Crescent City has completely blown me away, and it's one of my new favorite Sarah J Mass books. I love it so much. I'm also reading These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong, which is a fantasy retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but set in 1920s China. It's super good, and I can't wait to keep reading these incredible books. Thank you so much for listening to Hook of a Book this week. If you have a book you want me to review on the show, you can email me at hookofabookpodcast.gmail.com or leave your request in a comment on Spotify. You can also send in a voice message that might be featured on a future episode. The links are in the episode description. To stay up to date with all things Hook of a Book related, you can check out Hook of a Book's Instagram. Sometimes additional book recommendations that aren't on the show will be featured there. The link is in the podcast description. Have a great week, you guys, and keep on reading. Ellie out. Thank you.